Blog Talk Radio. Yo, it's your brother like none other, the one like Z to the I to the N, and you're tuned in to Revolutionary Radio with my comrade, Viva Fidel, Holla Black. Yeah, that's right. Right here, Viva Fidel International Revolutionary Radio. Right back at you. What's going on, world? We're just checking in. We have another killer episode. Like we always do about this time, we tell you, make sure you check out the archive episodes. Make sure you go back, check out some of the archive episodes. We have a lot of people sharing a lot of resources, chopping up a lot of good information with us, and we want you to link up with them. Today is no exception. We're going to get right into it because we have to let you know, you know, the connections that we have on this platform right here are so urgent, so important for you. Like, we really try to let you know, like, we have no time to waste on so many levels. So the conversations that we bring to you, like we say, make sure you got your pen, make sure you got the pencil, make sure you're online, make sure you're tuning in. And, you know, if you gotta, if you got to call a friend, if you got to get on Facebook or whatever you got to do, you know what I mean, link in with us and make sure you're spreading the word and sharing the good gospel, sharing the information, because it's all about communicating our resources, sharing information, and connecting you with comrades all over the globe. So right now on Viva Fidel Revolutionary Radio, without no further delay, we have my brother, Najar, on the line. How you doing, sir? Oh, man, I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. Good, is, good, I appreciate good. you, uh, uh, Viva Fidel. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, brother, for real. I appreciate you taking time out to chop it up with us. Uh, a lot of people have been uh, giving me great feedback on the last episode we had. We had uh, the uh, founder of BlackArtInAmerica.com, and I and I even, like, you know, kept promoting the site, kept promoting the site because I thought it was such an amazing thing. And, and so we got a great feedback. I said, you know what, so we're going to keep this, this conversation going. It's part of a bigger conversation, a bigger project uh, that I'm working on. Uh, in, in regards to documenting and researching and, and doing a little uh, fact-finding and surveying about black art in America actually itself, you know, the value of it, the preservation of it, uh, the business of it, um, uh, you know, on, on a lot of different levels from a lot of different angles. So, uh, Brother Najjar, uh, introduce yourself to my listening audience, tell the people who you are, and, you know, so they get a, get a glimpse of why we're here and what we're talking about, and then we're going to go right in. Yes, I, uh, my name is Najjar Abdul Musawir. I'm Associate Professor of Fine Arts here at Southern Illinois University, Carbondale. Uh, I'm, uh, um, I've been teaching uh, teach art. Uh, I teach graduate and undergraduate level. I also uh, do a lot of lectures and workshops. Uh, I actually go out and talk to high schools and junior colleges and other universities about, uh, about my work and, and about art in general. Uh, I'm also a very, I'm also uh, networking at, with uh, Black Art in America. I'm, uh, actually, me and Najee have been knowing each other for a great number of years, and uh, I'm just out there doing my thing. I, uh, I visit a lot of cities throughout the uh, United States. Uh, one, I'm being in Chicago, uh, Detroit, uh, Atlanta, you know, and so forth and so on. But uh, I'm loving it. You know, I'm really loving it. Yeah. And, and and so like as a visual artist, I know you uh you also in in your press kit in your in your layout, um, your your bio and your portfolio it says, you know, you, you embrace the title of a cultural worker. Yes. Uh yeah, I'm a, i consider myself a cultural worker and an art activist. Uh, I don't I don't like being one dimensional. Uh uh, I write about art. You know, I, I contribute to a recent book that uh, edited, edited by Holodina Pendale uh, on uh, Curl Walker. 
Uh, I've written a number of uh, essays for the G.R. Namdi Gallery uh, that's also in uh, located in Chicago as well as Detroit. Uh, I've, I've uh, uh, been very active in uh, working with community centers, uh, setting up art programs, writing grants for art programs for, uh, for community-based uh, activities. Um, I go to down to Springfield and let with and talk with legislators and try to get them involved in looking at the arts and supporting the arts. Uh, one of the problems, I, one of the things that I feel strongly about is that I believe that arts is the foundation of everything in our society. Arts is about the creative process. And I don't care if you're a, uh, a surgeon or, or or a mechanic, you know, having having the ability to, to think creatively is important in order to solve problems and to keep our society functioning and moving forward. So being a cultural worker, and I do focus, I, even though I'm, I, I function on a grassroots level, my, my, most of my emphasis is on the African-American experience, and I believe that we bring something to the table. It's like any you're cooking something, you know, each season you know, uh, plays a very important role in making sure everything tasting good. So that's where Indeed. I stand. Indeed. So, and, and, and bringing that education piece uh, is so important. We're going to get back to that as well. Like, but I want to talk a little bit about how you um, – kind of developed your, your skill and, and kind of what made you get into visual art and, <laughs> and, and, and how you, you know, developed that uh, over the years, you know, not, not all the way right. to the point where we're at now, but, you know, how you developed that over the years into professionally doing what you're doing. Well, I, I didn't start off that way. Uh, as a kid, I loved to, to make art and, and engage in art making. And so I always was interested in art. I used to go hide in the uh, high school library and look at art books and so forth and, I was really involved in that, but it's funny because even though I was doing it as a kid, my family said, "Oh, he's going to be an artist. He's going he's to be an artist." I draw at the fa- portraits at the family reunion, but uh, but as but I was, during my time, you know, uh, there was a lot of racism going on. Uh, uh, where school had just got integrated, I went to Thornton Ridge High School and got integrated. It, it became integrated. Quinn Buckner, I think, was the first. Group of students who integrated uh, black students integrated uh, Thorn, uh, Thornwood High School in Dalton, Illinois. And while I was attending, while I was attending Thorn, I became, got involved in gymnastics. As a matter of fact, I, I won a gold medal, a state champion, uh, at the time. But when I decided to quit gymnastics, suddenly my grades became an issue because during that time you didn't have to worry about your grades if you were an athlete. But when my grades became an issue, I, I messed around and got thrown out of school. And I'm running the streets and got in trouble and wind up incarcerated. And as a result of getting incarcerated, uh, a group of Muslim brothers asked me, you know, you know, what you plan on doing with your life? And I said, man, the only thing I ever know is art. I draw and I look at art books. But they started, well, they started reading with me, and I realized I couldn't read. I didn't know the difference between A-R-E and O-U-R. I said, what the hell? I mean, I blew my mind, man, you know what I'm saying? And as a result, you know, they spent a lot of time with me reading, and, and I started learning more, and I started continuing to make art. And they said, you know, eventually they said you should become a professor of art. And when I got out, I continued to pursue that. And I uh, took some art courses, met some art professors, very honest about my past, uh, very sincere about, you know, overcoming my, you know, my past and so forth. And that as a result, uh, I became, uh, I received several honors as a, as an art student. And eventually, I applied for a position. And I, now I'm a tenured professor at the university. So it was it was it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a hop skip and a jump. It was a struggle, but I had made a decision, and and the support I received uh, from them under Muslim brothers while I was incarcerated played a major role in me uh, heading in the direction I decided to head in. Even though I had been making artists as, as, since I was knee high to a turtle. 
Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, so and that's why it's hard for brothers to tell me when they was incarcerated. Man, the man is after. Oh man, it's tough. Oh man, I can't do that. It's hard for me to listen to that because man get what he strives for. And so sometimes we and sometimes we have to be very realistic and practical about what we're trying to achieve. And the main thing, the main thing that's, that's, that uh, is the main thing that's important is not only reading. Reading is crucial. You have to read. But not only that, you have to be able to think in many dimensions. You have to see things from many perspectives. You just can't stuck, be stuck in one perspective or what you consider the best perspective. You've got to even look at the worst, even the most craziest perspective, give it an honest and sincere look because maybe something there that is really meaningful amongst the madness. Mm-hmm. You just tuned in. This is Viva Fido International Revolutionary Radio, and we have a professor on the line. Brother Najar, um, where can people check out some of your work online? Shoot out some of your website links. Well, uh, uh, Black Art in America, uh, I'm, I'm changing out some images there. Uh, Black okay. Art in America is, is one site that I that I, I'm, I associate myself with. Uh, another uh, a site, and I'm not uh, I'm not sure how many, how many pieces they actually have available on site right now, but uh, the GR Namdi Gallery. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've worked with them for a number of years, and I expect I have a show in uh, Detroit. At the Namdi Center for Contemporary Arts, it's uh, it's actually just had their grand open a couple of weeks ago. We had people come in from around the world, people from all over the country. People said there between there was between uh, a hundred fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand, over two thousand people showed up from around the country and, and abroad. And as a matter of fact, the art reception lasts from eight o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock the next day. Then had an artist workshop. I mean, artist lecture from uh, two o'clock to about four o'clock. And man, so, people. So, so you know, for so people don't, but the people that might not know about that, you know, just slow down a little bit, rewind yes, a little bit, because this is a very significant uh, uh, um, event that took place as far as you know the the grand opening. But you know, it's a very important cultural center um, in a very important city. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, break it down a little bit, brother, about you know how this all came to be and, mm-hmm. and then you wow. know, what, what happened on the weekend. George Anamdi and uh, has uh, been in the business over thirty years. And he actually uh, had a gallery uh, in Detroit. Uh, he has one in Chicago. He had one in New York. Uh, and uh, and also he he's probably one of the most brilliant uh, collectors of African-American art in this country, especially contemporary African-American art, especially abstraction. And he has played a major role in developing and supporting a lot of uh, some of the heavyweights in the art business. Uh, Sam Gilliam, Edward Clark, Holladina Pendell, uh, uh, Netta uh, Carter, Ali McGee, who I love, and, and just uh, and Al Loving, who just passed a few years ago, Richard Hunt, big in Chicago. I mean, he has done a lot and, uh, in terms of not only supporting those artists' careers and making sure that people uh, know about them, but he has also collected their work, and he has an extensive collection. Matter of fact, George needs to open up a museum. <laughs> with the amount of work that he has collected over the years, and he showed them at this center. But not only is he showing uh, his collection, but he's also exhibiting other artists such as myself, and I'm showing in a movement gallery. I was having a solo exhibition there as we speak. He also has a huge, uh, called a black box, which they have performance there. And we had a lot of, he had a, matter of fact, the night of the reception, he had a, some, uh, uh, quite a few performers come in, live bands, the spoken word, jazz, uh, hip hop, I mean, just the, the, I mean everything. 
there was in another gallery there was a film production going on. The young filmmakers were showing some of their films. Uh, I mean, he had, then he's going to have a vegetarian restaurant that's, uh, that's coming up, and then there's going to be a complex where artists going to be living, and uh, uh, and, uh, and people will be living and having. Uh, and then also there's a sculpture garden with a lot of African American as well as uh, Native Americans and uh, Hispanic uh, Americans art uh, sculpture work that's going to be out there. And uh, it's an amazing facility. It's huge. Matter of fact, he is, he is not only Georgia, but Georgia is part of a major movement in, in, in uh, Detroit right now. The arts in Detroit is booming. I mean, mm-hmm. people are talking about Detroit is dead. You know, that there's no downtown, much to the contrary. If anybody go there, they see see much, much more. As a matter of fact, there was a couple of people out of New York talking about, oh, man, this is man, this is better than New York. You know, and so, and these are people, individuals from coming up out of Manhattan and the surrounding area. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see what's happening in Detroit. And I encourage people to go out there and take a look. You know, on the real, as much as possible. And um, I mean, phew. I mean, the more the more I, you told me about it, I was like, man, that's that's the trip I'm gonna make like sooner than later. Um, yes, sir. It's gotta it's gotta happen. Um, so you know, on a, on a professional level, and then and onto a educational level, mm-hmm. I mean, you you've really been impactful, you know, on a lot of levels, and, and taking your work to a lot of places. Explain also uh, uh, to my listeners some of the places that your work has been uh, shown, exhibited, sold, or you know, any any special stories that you might have of traveling and sharing your work. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, one, uh, I've I've had a number of of, of national exhibitions. But I also show internationally. Uh, I've had a show uh, at the Cape uh, in Cape Coast at the Cultural Center during the Panafest Conference one year. Uh, the beautiful thing about that, I was exhibiting with artists from Jamaica, from Germany. I mean, from all around the world. And it was great seeing all them them artists and talking with them because I went there and I did a talk. And it, it was one. Matter of fact, I only supposed to be in there like for about four or five days. I wound up staying six weeks. <laughs> and I was staying in the village and uh, had a great time. It, it was really where I learned a lot about African art. Got a chance to meet African artists in their homes and their studios, uh, textile makers, ceramics, and so forth. And so that was a great experience. Another experience I had was in uh, Turkey. I went to Belkin University, had a solo exhibition there, and went there and gave a talk on the Af- Islamic art and the Afri- African American experience. And uh, I was I was well received. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I, they took me they took me throughout Belkent. I mean, they took me out to Ankara, which is the capital. Then I they drove me to Izmir, and then they drove me to uh, Istanbul. And I had a chance to visit all these places across Turkey. And what was interesting, and that one place that we stopped in Izmir, <clears throat> we was traveling through the city, and it's a bunch of kids and people following behind the, the bus we was in because they gave me a tour. Saying artists from America, artists from America, artists from America, and uh, so I got out. I said, "Let me out," and I got out. And I kind of mingled much, and I was doing sketches of some of the, the, the children and some of the environment. As I, and they was just kind of looking at me. And one guy said, "Oh, you like Muhammad Ali? You like Muhammad Ali?" I said, "No, no, no, I'm not like Muhammad Ali. Matter of fact, I have great admiration and respect for Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is way advanced, more advanced than I am in, in terms of the, his experience and his life." They said, you're a Muslim? I said, yes. You're African-American? I said, yes. you like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, if you're saying that, that's fine. But it, it, that was a funny little funny little experience, but I had a great time. They they, they, they was very kind, and, and it seemed they were very – 
they seemed like they was very interested in the African American experience. Now I, I have opportunity. Uh, I'm working on uh, the logistics. I'm, I was having a show over in Malaysia, and there's an interest. Uh, the gentleman by Hoff's name, Hosna Jamal Saddam. Uh, he's the director of uh, of a, a, a museum over in, in Malaysia, and on the Penang Island, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And uh, we're, he, we're looking at me coming over and doing some things, and he's really interested in me bringing the African-American experience of, that we see in art over to uh, to Malaysia, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so uh, on an international level, I've, I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, I plan on going to Morocco uh, to do some things and, uh, and some other places. And uh, on, a national, on a national level, uh, uh, I've shown in uh, at the uh, Portfolio Gallery, uh, that's uh, Robert Powell. I had opportunity to show with him. Uh, I've showed at a number of universities and colleges in uh, Indiana and you know, in, in uh, Illinois and just different like the Colorado State, Arkansas, and so forth and so on. So uh, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm getting a lot of opportunity. I'm getting a lot of phone calls, a lot of invitations, and I'm just enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying so, it. so um, that kind of you know leads to my next question on the level of um of you know just kind of the progression of it and how it comes up and the, and the phone get to ringing off the hook and everything like that and opportunities to teach and so on and so forth what's a bit of a suggestion or um a words of wisdom you might have for artists or younger artists uh mm-hmm. who uh, are looking to turn their their love and passion for drawing like you said into a career like you said into uh, something that where they can actually uh uh uh, give back. Um, right. what, what's one of the things, or some of the things that you've learned that you could share as far as on the business side of the creative uh, lifestyle, if you will? Oh. Well, that's a good question because I teach art. You know, I teach painting, drawing, and art history. Uh, and one of the things, especially in most of my studio uh, students, uh, one of the things that I encourage them to do, and, and even I'm working in the community, I see some young people that I've been that I mentor in the, in the community who come through community centers, is that make sure it's something that you love. That it's your passion, you know. I mean, it's, money is good. You, I mean, you know, that's. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. But the, I think mm-hmm. if it's not something that you love so much that you feel like when you you would do it for free, can you imagine doing something for free but you're getting paid well for it? You get up in the morning, you know, no stress. You mean you're excited? You 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 enjoy the challenges, even when you have a bad day. It, 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 it's something about that bad day to say, "Wow, I'm glad I was I was glad I was in there for the fight." You know, I was it was it was a fight that I wanted to have. You know, and so I think that right. make sure that it's your passion. Don't be perpetrating. Don't be straddling the fence. Don't don't be don't have a capitalist materialistic ideology about about what the direction we're going because you, somehow you lose it. Even if you just love making money. If you're passionate about making money, then be about it. You know, but then but at the same time make sure there's something that you're true to. And uh and so that's one that's the first thing I would have to say to to any of uh, otherwise I don't even want to if I'm dealing with a student I don't even like dealing with students they don't really feel like they're really committed to it. Not saying if they if they're struggling then I struggle with them. But they gotta let me know they're in there for the long haul. That's not just uh, this is not a a recreational activity. It's at the community center. This is this is a career, you know. This is a career. So I would I would highly express that. Another thing that I would express is, is to make sure that you know what you're going after, what you want to do. Now I was looking at a film. I can't think of the woman's name, but they say there's vertical artists and horizontal artists. The vertical artist is, is those individuals, if I may, like uh, uh, Kerry James uh, Marshall or Holladine Padilla, I'll mention her name again. Uh, it's th- those type of individuals who are 
uh, moving up. One of you know they striving to show in museums. Want to be in these major collections. Wants to interact with the art story and want to be a part of the the art history. You know, mm-hmm. and they they wind up you know they must they are mostly known by academias and curators museums and, and the people know them extensively. Then you have the uh, mm-hmm. horizontal artists who are very active. They're making a lot of art. They're showing a lot of commercial galleries. They even sometimes they're fortunate enough to have talks at, uh, at different institutions. But mostly, and then they you know you see them at a lot of art fairs. And as a result, those individuals become celebrities and become and make a lot of money. But they are more known on the grassroots level than in people's homes, you know, like Annie Lee Smith. You know, Annie Lee, everybody knows Annie Lee, you know, and uh, Charles Bibbs. Everybody knows Charles Bibbs. Everybody knows them. They, they are local celebrities on, on a national level and even in some cases international. So, But uh, when it comes to some of the other institutions, and this is a major argument. People people don't like to have this discussion because they don't feel like that. It shouldn't be these type of uh, distinctions. But the real world tells us that they exist, and students need to know that. So they can go at it. So it, even if they want to change it, the least they got to know what they're being confronted with. And so I tell them they need to really understand where they see themselves. So when they get ready to deal with dealers, you got some commercial dealers who may just say, "Oh, they just want to know, uh, you know, uh, what you make the work out of, how much is it, a little bit of bio about them, and that's it." Then you take some more high-end galleries who wants to know what's the process of the work, you know, they, they, and they want to get into more detail about the work because the collectors, they're not just getting the art; they're getting the artist. That's what they're buying the artists, you know, and 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 they want to, and they buying the artists who they feel they work is is uh, is made made of a, of a certain special technique or have a certain quality to it, and so because when you're talking about someone paying uh, uh, five figures, six figures for a piece of artwork, that's totally different than if someone who's selling artwork for maybe uh, uh, three figures, four figures, and, and luckily five figures, and but they they sell so many of them. That you know, it's like you know buying a cookies from Walmart, and you sell a lot of them, but you make a lot of money. But you also go to go make cookies, who they're a lot more expensive, but people who can afford them, who love them, buy them. And so it's a whole different arena. So I have to I tell my students they have to understand that, and they have to understand who they are too. As, as you know, if you and as a black artist, you have to understand the history of black art. And so and reading. Go ahead, go go right there because that was yeah. my next level of question. I was going to say, you know, talk about the importance of the preservation of of of, of our black art and, and how do we communicate that to young folks in particular? And then just go ahead, go ahead, brother. Well, yeah, one of the things that that I uh, that uh, I, I didn't get a chance to do it, but I was I'm so impressed with the Afro-Cobra movement, and that the Afro-Cobra is a, is is a, is a rich part of African-American history. Afro-Cobra is a group of African-American artists you know, operating during the 1960s, and they were selling prints like for $10 and stuff. Now those same prints are worth you know, four or five you know, figures, you know, and, but they was making art for the community. And these were beautifully done. These weren't like no cheesy, you know, kind of dumb stuff, but they were making art about their community. They were making art about their community, about their people. And the one thing about it, African-American art, uh, has been uh, systematically denied its place in, in American history. I'll give you a perfect example. Henry Oshawatana, one of the greatest landscape painters, one of the greatest painters uh, in, in American history and world history. But check this out. The French government bought one of his pieces back in the 18th, uh, back in the 17th century, 1800-something, and the United States didn't buy one of his pieces until 100 years later, yet he was American. A hundred years later, this happened under the Clinton administration. 
So what I'm saying is, is that America has a, has has and still is slow about acknowledging the the quality of the contributions that African American artists are making today, and historically, it's, it's still today. And so I give you I give you examples that I, in my class, I, one of my class, my class, teacher studio class, painting class, and my syllabus basically has a lot of African-American artists, art, African-American films about African-American art, uh, the readings, and so some readings are about no, African-American art. I incorporated a couple of other readings in there and so forth. But the point is, it's dominating. I had a student say, you know, it's, uh, we only study black artists. I said, what are you talking about? And I showed them a couple of syllabus of, of uh, my colleagues, and, and I said, these are the artists they know, and these are the artists they teach you about. And they realized that there were no African-Americans on that, on, in, their, in their discussion. And so as, they, as a result, and it's not a question of, I don't think they're being racist. They just talk about what they know. I know black art. I talk about black art. But I'm talking about artists. I'm talking about individual human beings who have a creative mode, who happen to be living an African-American experience within American uh, government and structure. And so I encourage kids to, you know, listen, you need to know about these artists. So when I start teaching, I don't only teach African-American uh, people, I teach, uh, young people, but I teach people of different nationalities, and I find that they are fascinated. They actually embrace it. matter of fact, I have students who have actually started thinking and creating work based on some of the African-American artists they have looked at. And they're excited about it because they are really looking at the intellectual aspect of their contribution. They say, wow, I really like the way he thinks. Oh, I really like the way she thinks. Oh, I like the way she used this technique. I like the way they use that technique. And so as a result, young the, other, the African-American students, get, they, they, they get excited. They get, they get empowered by seeing people of other groups become empowered by the African-American experience in art making. And so, you know, I remember the time, and there was a time when I was a student that I, all the white students are laughing because some of the instructors said, I don't know what in the heck they're laughing about. And it's kind of funny because now I'm a professor, and I say some things, and all the black students and some of the Hispanic students are laughing, and the white students kind of look around, because I'm going to have to raise their hand and say, uh, I didn't get it. And then I explained it to them what, you know, what, what I said, because sometimes I cut my references from the African-American experience. And so if I start talking about Coltrane, <laughs> or if I talk about uh, 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 any particular, uh, uh, I, I make some comments about Ophel Wimpery or uh, or. Uh, 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 Lupe, you know, if I talk about any of them, and and, right. and they 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 feel me, but then I have to go back and explain it to the students. I didn't get that privilege. Nobody came back and explained it to me, you know. Even when I inquired, I still didn't get it, you know. So, but uh, <laughs> but I think it's important to put it out there. As a matter of fact, I actually designed a course, African American Art History, uh, for this uh, for the for the university here at Southern Oil University. And Southern University has been great, man, in terms of uh, supporting. Uh, uh, African American experience, the African information about the African Americans, the idea of cultural diversity, and I'm not, I'm not trying. This is not no advertising. I'm not trying to do no advertising. Right, I'm just right, saying right. my my professional experience had, you know, tells me uh, that this is a great place to be if you really want to have the opportunity to to present the African American experience. We had Dick Gregory. I did, as a matter of fact, I commissioned a, a, a painting about Dick Gregory and his history here at Southern University because he used to be a student here. And they had a big celebration. The university did, the, the, the art community did, the athletic community did, and, and, and man, we had a we had a great time. So I'm saying that you know I'm fortunate to be in a place and, and living in a time when I'm able to speak strongly and boldly to the to the right. And uh, and okay. as an educator, I, I don't I don't, I don't uh, hesitate to, you know, to do that. You know, I don't I don't hesitate. I don't think yeah. no educator should hesitate to do so. That's right. That's what you got in that position for. Exactly. 
to be able to teach and to be able to not only teach students but teach other educators as well and right. other people who are going to be, you know, shaping the society and and. and and um, that's important, brother. And um, I, I just tell you know a little bit of background. You went through that kind of quick, and I surely appreciate it. But you said you've been uh, commissioned to paint a tribute to Dick Gregory. He was yeah. uh, he went to SIU. Uh, talk yeah. a little bit about that, how that came about, and what's what's that project? Oh about? Like, wow, that, that, you know? it, it was a great project. I actually it happened during my. Oh, it, it already happened. Yeah, it happened. Check, okay. check out how it, how it happened. As a matter of fact, if you go to uh, uh, Varsity. Uh, Center for the Arts, uh, Varsity, uh, Varsity Arts Center, I believe, in Carbondale, Illinois. They have a website. Uh, you can see, actually see the painting uh, that I did uh, of Dick Gregory. And actually the painting was about Dick Gregory and his experience at the Varsity Art Theater where blacks had to sit in the balcony. Now that's kind of, kind of interesting because uh, Dick Gregory turned around, and not only him, but they, I heard some other students did, uh, decided they wanted to sit down at the, closer to the screen. Now, Dick Gregg, when he first got there, he didn't realize that uh, that sitting in the balcony was a bad thing. He was excited about sitting in the balcony because if you go to you – know, balcony is usually uh, preserved for the elite, you know, the bourgeoisies, those who have wealth. You know, they sit in the balcony, you know, and all the other people sit in the, in the, in the, in, at the bottom. But nowadays at theaters, you know, uh, you know, the closer you to the stage, the more money you got to spend. <laughs> But it's interesting. But uh, I did a painting about his experience and racism that existed at that theater while he was a student here at Southern University. And I got I got I got approached to do the painting. And one of the things I said, yeah, I do the painting. If y'all can make arrangements for me to meet Dick Gregory, and they did. And I said, okay, now I'm not through. I said I want to be able. To, I want this film. Not to my knowing, they got WSIU Television to film it. If you go to WSIU Television website. You would see the uh, the they have an interview with me and they have an interview with Dick Gregory, and they show me doing sketches of Dick Gregory, interviewing him, writing notes on my drawing, and I went back to the studio and they interviewed me in my studio working on a painting. So you can actually see that mm-hmm. on the WSIU uh, uh, television. And so they agreed to that, and then I said, you know, because Dick Gregory is living. Why well, won't try to do a painting about Dick Gregory and, and and like he's dead, like he's Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? I need to paint him and meet him and talk with him about what I'm gonna paint. And eventually I finished the painting, and they did a, a major uh, unveiling. And after they did the unveiling, uh, they had a big program, big dinner. They had a big – it was actually doing homecoming, so they had him in the homecoming activities. And I made a major, major celebration out of it. And, and to meet Dick Gregory was an honor. I really enjoyed meeting him. He's one of the, the older revolutionary brothers. He's a, he used comedy as a satire to talk about uh, social conditions in our society, dealing with the you know with white racism and and and, and, racial, uh, and uh, institutional racism and the issue of sexism and things of that nature. And uh, uh, he's a powerful man. He's a very powerful man. Very That's powerful. right. That's right. And he speaks truth to power, you know what I mean? Oh, he, don't, man. he don't bite his tongue, he, oh, he let he him don't. have it. You know, what he, you know what's interesting? He told me, he asked him, I said, who's your, what's your, who's your hero? And he said, uh, he said, well, if I had to have a hero, it would be a fireman. I said, why a fireman, brother? He said, a fireman, because a fireman goes into a fire, and he don't care if the person is white, black, he don't care if it's a dog or a cat. He goes in and save that person and bring them out. And how many people go run into a fire to save somebody? Not knowing if he's going to explode or burn them up, he said, "Man, fireman's my hero." He said because he said if you think like a fireman, if you're willing to go into a situation for the for the purpose of helping humanity, 
not just one group, but humanity. And if that humanity just happened to be predominantly black or predominantly Philippine or predominantly uh, Hispanic, whatever, then he said, you know, that then so be it. But go in with go in with the spirit of a fireman. And I said, man, I feel you. I said, I feel you, Dick Greg. I feel you, man. Hmm. That's that's powerful right there. Hmm. Um, you got you got any last words for the people? You want to sign out with anything? Uh, any updates or any? Uh, where anybody can uh, check any of your upcoming shows or anything, uh, contacts or anything like that? Well, I, I would encourage people to go over on uh, uh, 110 uh, and, uh, uh, in Peoria uh, to the GR Nomdi Gallery. I have a painting over there that's, uh, uh, I don't know if it's on, uh, on exhibit right now, but it, I'm pretty sure they give you opportunity to see it if you want anyone, anyone wants to see the actual work to get, be able to get a sense of what it looks like and what it uh, and what, I, what I'm engaging in. Uh, again, I encourage you and the others to get out to uh, Detroit. And I also would like to say, you know, black art in America is a really, you know, I'm really proud of Nigeria. I've been knowing Nigeria, gosh, for decades. Uh, matter of fact, we're here. I used to come to Carbondale, and, and uh, we worked together and did some things here in Carbondale. Uh, when he was living in Arkansas, we did some things. And, and he's moved progressively through, through, through time to establish uh, a networking system that, I, that I'm very impressed with, and I participate in it. Uh, I just wanted to, I would say that, uh, uh, Black Art in America, even if you go to Najee's website or any other website, go to the African-American museums. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of African-American museums around the country. Support those African-American museums. Support the university museums in, in some of the major uh, universities. You know, Hampton University is, 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 uh, has a wonderful history of African-American art. I think we as a people need to travel. It don't cost a lot of money to travel. You know, we all can jump in a van, jump in a bus, and all go to, and, and take that trip. You know, and, and don't make That's it. Right. And it could be about you know. We don't just go see. Maybe you go see the museums, but also go see some of the entertainers. If, you, if an actor is having to play, some of our some of our brilliant people are doing play. Check out some of those plays. You know, and and I think that uh, it's important that we support the arts because the arts is the foundation of everything in our society. And and if we're not supporting it, who will? Yeah. That's real, brother. So once again, we appreciate you for chopping it up with us, man. We're gonna definitely have you back on and uh, update some of you know what, what what comes down the pipeline with what you got going on, brother. We appreciate your time. Appreciate everything you're doing. You know what I mean on the whole, on the cultural artist level, on the Thank art you, activist level. Thank we are working for that same reason, just like you said, for the preservation of the art and also you know bringing to a higher awareness because it is the foundation and, and it shapes so many minds and the shape so many things out here. We got a lot of power, so y'all know what we're dealing with, and that's what we're doing. We appreciate you checking in with us once again, and hey, man, you know, keep up the good work. Uh, brother uh, Vila Fidel, I appreciate you, and, I, and I'd like to give a quick shout-out to uh, Soul Siren. I appreciate oh, yeah, all Soul the, Siren. Soul Siren has been very uh, instrumental in terms of helping my career and getting me to network with some different things, and uh, my creative uh, assistant, uh uh, Levana uh, Pettis is a very hardworking individual, and I think she is uh, is positioning herself to really uh, be a major uh, participant in the Black art community. And, I, and I, I'm grateful for the Soul Siren. Yeah, indeed, brother, and uh, I'm grateful for her too. And she just sent me a link actually uh, with so I can look at the Dick Gregory artwork piece, and we shout it out now so people catching up and they can check with it real time. So thank you. Big shout out to Soul Sirens. Levon, appreciate you. We love you. And we're going to sign out like this, man. Appreciate you, bro. We're going to be in touch, okay? Yes, sir. I appreciate this opportunity, man, and I wish you much, much success in our cause. Thank you, sir. Yes. Peace. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Been a long time coming. Yeah. It's Bebop, Miguel, who wanna know? Landed in the N.O. Link with Truth Universe.